Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Yud Gimel. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Chaim Tzvi Ben Shmu Meir, Esther Pesach Ben Yitzchak Kalevi, Bas Yitzchak Kalevi, Eliyahu David Ben Avram, Ben Avram Chaim, and that's uh, Eliyahu Kei, Hashem uh, avenge him, and Yoshua Yitzchak Ben Shaul Ruvain Halevi, May the Neshamas have an Aliyah and may their memories be a blessing. Okay, so yesterday we did the Mishnah, which continued with the discussion of the progression of fasts as the season continues if there's no rain. Remember, rain, especially in Eretz Yisrael, as we've seen, the essential nature of rain uh, to uh, as it uh, uh, signifies the relationship between Israel and Hashem and between Israel and Eretz Yisrael and uh, We've also seen that it can be powerful and destruct, uh, powerful and destructive. But at the end, the ultimate bracha. Oh, yeah. So we've, so we've, so, so because of all that, when rain doesn't come and you exp- and the rainy season, they would start to have fast. Remember, in the previous Mishnah, we discussed the um, the fast of Yechidim. I select individuals, pious individuals, would accept upon them f- fast. By Rosh Chodesh Kislev, if there were no, um, there was no rain, then they would add on another three sets of fasts, and each set of fast, then they would, yeah, then they would declare three fasts on the on a communal fast of Israel. Now, each of the fasts, as we get further into, they they get more severe. They add on Isurim. So, if those three fasts, which were fairly similar to our regular fasts, you. Shivasa Batamuz, Asara Batavas, etc., they were fairly similar to those. If those passed, then Bayesdin declared an, an additional three fasts, and we said those fasts we now got quite serious, they became more similar to Tishabav. Um, they, 20, they full day fast, they start the night before. And you're not allowed to do malacha, and you're not allowed to do the five inuyim. So those were the next level, and then we went a level up. If those fasts passed without rain, then there was an additional seven fasts, and those were even stricter. They would shabaelu masriim. They would um, cry out. We haven't described what that crying out is, but they would masriim. They would. Um, they would lock the shops, and that's the so those are the Seder Tanyos three, three, and seven. And then we said if those fasts pass without rain, then people start diminishing in their business. Binyan of they stop building and planting. That building and planting that we're referring to is uh, for enjoyment, like. To do maintenance would be fine, but to renovate or to do something positive, that would be a problem. We don't do a rusin or a suyin, marriages and weddings. Um, greeting, um, you stop greeting people. So that's the Mishnah, that's the overview of what we discussed yesterday. So now the Gomorrah asks, um, why... So, 
Yeah, why we don't work on the second set of fast days? It makes sense. All the other restrictions on the second set make sense because they all are for pleasure and enjoyment. Rechitza, bathing, v'sicha, anointing, v'tashmish amita, aval melacha, v'tsarhu. But melacha is a tsar. You don't want to get up and go to work. So why can't you do that on uh, these fast days? So Amar Abchista, Amar Abiyamir, Barabba, Amar Kroy says, no, we learn it out from a pasuk. It says, tzom Declare a fast and call it a gathering. Isfuzakanim and gather the elders. So he says, why does it use that word, atzara? So he makes a drosha, ka'atzeret, like, like Shavuos. Ma atzeret osu basiyaz melocha, aftanis osu basiyaz melocha. Just as atzeret is forbidden with work, so to atanis is forbidden with work. Oh, sorry, I'm going from the Gemara towards the bottom of Yud Beis Amud Beis, 12b. So he says, Omar Rebi Zayre Lididimi Farshali. Oh, sorry, I left out. So just as you don't work on Shavuos, so to, it's the connection is uh, Shavuos to a fast day. You don't work on a fast day, on these fast days. Ah, oh, well, on Shavuos, you're not allowed to work from the night before. So it should be the same thing for um, for a fast day. So he says, It was explained to me by Rabbi Yirmi Bar Abba. The Apostle says, It says, Sanctify the fast day and call it an atzara, as we've said, where you stop work. But, And gather the elders. This requirement to stop work is similar to when the elders would gather. Just as, Asifasikanim is the day, so too the Isur Malach on the fast day is during the day. And we're going to see the Aimamit Tahara. Maybe it's only from the afternoon. And maybe this should this requirement of maybe the elders only would gather and maybe the own the Isur Malach would only kick in in the afternoon. So Omar Rav Shisha, Braid Rav Idi Bar, Braid Rav Idi, Messiah Rav Huna, the Omar Mitzafra Kinufia says this is a support for Rav Huna that the gathering started in the morning. We're going to discuss the gathering, but we'll see it right now as it goes. The Gemara asks, Hey what was the Seder Ayom? How would they structure the day on these fast days? But just uh, before we get there, um, in short, we've, we've pointed out that this Isu Malach is actually learned out from a Pasuk. And I think, it doesn't, the Gemara doesn't say, but I think the reason is to allow them to focus on what they have to do during the fast day. As we'll see, the first half of the fast day was dedicated to basically introspection, but on a communal level. The communal elders would gather together and they would discuss, are people being honest? Do people owe money? What's necessary to fix society? That and obviously take the necessary measures to bring about rain. And then the second half of the day was devoted to davening and laning. But if um, and if they're too busy with work, well, then no one's going to get together. Everyone's got to go to work. So that's why I think work the pop. But the, I mean, it is learned out from the pasuk. But I think that's where it gets from that we don't do work. So now, as I said, the Gemara says, "Hey, Avdi, what was the?" Well, how would they do it? What was the structure for the fast day? It says, From 
the morning until halfway through the day, they would investigate the matters of the town. As I explained, that is the check. Is everyone being honest? Do people owe each other money? Has there been theft? What do they need to do to fix? And so hopefully that rain will come. From from then onwards, from midday onwards, for the rest, the next quarter of the day, they would read in the Torah and Aftaras, they would would daven to Hashem. It says, They stood up in their places and they read from the Torah of Hashem Elokeichem, Revius Hayom, for a quarter of the day, Revius Misvadim, and for a quarter of the day they did Vidui, Umishtachavim Hashem Elokeichem, and bowed down to Hashem Elokeichem, sorry, their God. So it describes the process of Tshuva again. They, they would first lane for a quarter of the day, and then for another quarter of the day they would do Vidui. Just an interesting question, the I mean, I guess we don't really have these sort of fasts, but the Orach HaShulchan asks, why don't we do these, why don't we have communal introspections on fast days and days of calamity and stuff like that? And he says, um, he says, because our authorities don't have the power to institute the structural reforms. They're not allowed to come and make Xerah, you have to pay back what you looted or what you uh, stole and uh, I mean obviously we're talking on a Jewish communal level but you can see how throughout how uh, such um, problems filter throughout society uh, as a whole but again in Jewish society the I guess it would be the Beisdin and the rabbis don't have the power to enforce the reforms that they see necessary and therefore they don't uh, do this. I mean, I was quite surprised with that answer because in my mind, I think it could still be a positive experience if you have, I guess, the leaders of the Jewish community sit down when something's good, not something bad's happening, sit down and analyze what needs to be done, what needs to be improved. And granted, they can't enforce it in a coercive manner. They can speak about it, tell their community what they think needs to be done. But I guess the sort of people who are... um, I don't know what the word is, uh, holding the rest of the community hostage with uh, loans or stealing or things or uh, other things like that wouldn't take what the rabbis say seriously. Um, okay, that's just a suggestion. But basically, so what's the structure? First half of the day, they would do this uh, investigation. And then the second half of the day would divide it into two quarters. The first quarter would be laning and Aftara, And the second quarter would be davening to Hashem. So the Gemara says, hey, Pukhana, why don't we switch them around? Why don't we do davening to laning and davening to Hashem in the first half of the day, and then do the Iyuna the Masa? So he says, "Lo zakatatzach." You couldn't think this. The Chiv has written, "Ve'elayas vu kol charad bidvarel okay Yisrael," and they should gather to me all those who are fearful of the word of the God of Yisrael. Al mo'alagzula on the great sin, mo'alagoyla on the great sin that they have done, and there, that's in Ezra. Basically, they came. To, they were discussing what to do about the sin of intermarriage. A whole lot of Jews who came up to Israel, it was, there was a severe issue of intermarriage. So that's what they were discussing. Uksiv, and it's written over Minchas Erev, and towards evening, Kamti Mitanisiya stood up from 
this part of the fast day, the Ephraim shall copy Hashem, and I extended my hands to Hashem. So we see, after discussing Mal Hagoyla, the iniquities, the sins that were going on, either Yudah Masa, then they went and daven to Hashem, the Ephraim shall copy Hashem. So we see clearly that's the order. Now, uh, one question is, what would you say is the logical way? Before we come on to the psukim, which way, you, what's the logical way? To do the investigation first and discuss what needs to be fixed and take measures to fix them? And then daven to Hashem to bring the rain or to end the calamity? Or should it be done the other way around? Daven to Hashem to end the calamity and then start looking into how to fix it. Logically, it makes most sense that you fix the problems or you make a um, you take the necessary steps that will fix the problem, and then you can dive into Hashem. What's the point of diving into Hashem again without looking into and saying and trying, making progress in fixing the problems? So why do we need the psukim? And not only that, why would we have thought? He says, Apulchana, switch it around. So the one answer given is that, um, no, because you might have thought, we see Baninveh, when they found out that Hashem was going to destroy them, they told Hashem, please Hashem, please don't destroy us, we, will, we'll, uh, we want to be close to you, we want to fix ourselves. And then they went along and fixed themselves. So maybe that is a, that is a viable option, again, that you just cry out, you fall before Hashem, you say, don't destroy us, let us take the necessary, give us the opportunity to take the necessary steps, and then you can go and look in and investigate it. Okay, but that would be the source to do it the other way around, even though logically it does make most sense to do it this way. Okay, Omar Rafram Bar Papa, Omar Rechizda. Well, what we're now going to discuss is, we said you're not allowed to do Rechitza on these fast days, so now we're now going to discuss um, when are you allowed to bathe, when there are restrictions on bathing, and is it specifically... There's three categories. There's hot water, cold water, and a partial, like ponovyorovarakl, of just washing your face, hands, and feet. And that's the one aspect of what we're going to discuss. And the other aspect we're going to discuss is what, um, when. There's differences between Tisha B'Av, there's differences between Tanis Tzibur, I fast like we're discussing here that were declared for um, Tshuva, and, um, and an Oval, a Mona, because they overlap with each other, as we'll see. But those are the three um, occasions that you have to keep in the back of the of your mind, Avelus, Tanis Tzibur, and uh, maybe bring it more to the front of the mind, um, Avelus, Tanis Tzibur, and Tisha B'Av. Um, yeah, just an interesting point, just before we go further to highlight, as we're going to see, there's different, Tisha B'Av seems to be a different type of fast to other Tainas Tzibur, other communal fast days. It seems the focus of other communal fast days is Teshuvah. Repentance, introspection, improving ourselves to bring an end to the calamity. Whereas Tisha B'Av is much more a day of Avelus, uh, a historical day, remembering what happened and uh, focusing on the mourning for the temple and what we've lost. Not as much such a focus on uh, introspection and improving. 
So that's just important. Obviously, there's more to discuss, but we'll see distinctions between Tisha B'Av and other fast days, and a lot of it stems from there. Okay, so Amar Rav Rambam Papa, Amar Rav Chizda, Rav Rambam Papa said in the name of Rav Chizda, Kol Shuhumishum Avel, anything you're doing because of mourning, I so Tisha B'Av and a regular mourner, Kogon Tisha B'Av Avel, he can't wash himself in, himself in cold or hot water. If the restriction is just because of pleasure and enjoyment, for these communal, for example, these communal fasts, in hot water is forbidden because that's enjoyable, that's pleasurable. And in a... And but in cold water would be permitted. So what's the what's the key point of distinction in Rav in Rav Chizda's way? That is, again, uh, your Tisha B'Av and Avelus is a day of mourning, and therefore we don't even wash in cold water. Whereas these fasts are just to not do pleasurable activities. And once the point is to not do pleasurable activities, then it is also to go in hot water, to bath in hot water, but not in cold water. Okay, Omar Ravidi Baravin, Afananmi Tunina. Ravidi Baravin says, I can bring a proof from our Mishnah. It says, Venoilines Amir they lock the bathhouses. Now, his proof, which we're going to question right now, but his proof is basically saying, Venoilines Amir is emphasizing we close the bathhouses, which is the hot water doesn't say anything about the cold water. Must be the only problem is the hot water that you can't bath in. And on a tiny tzibur, you can bath in cold water. What the Gomorrah, what Abai is going to now come and ask in the next line of the Gomorrah. But wait, what do you want the Mishnah to say? What, that we dam up the rivers? Or we, you know, we put uh, that, what's that, that red and white uh, caution tape or police tape around the rivers so that no one goes and baths in cold water. Like, what are you saying? There's no other option besides they can't control the cold water, but they can control the hot water. So the mission is not approved. So what you're saying that if it was also to bath in cold water, it would have said, block up the rivers. It can't say that. You can't block up the rivers. So that's why it just mentions the hot water. So Amar Rav Shisha Braid Rav Idi, Rav Shisha Braid Rav Idi, explain, no, I'm, again, this is his son, No, this is what my father found difficult, and this is how he brought it as a proof from, a, from the Mishnah. It says, Once it's taught us that it's also to bath, that's sufficient. We now know you're not allowed to bath in hot or cold water. There's so why does it have to come along and then say, and we lock the bathhouses? Elalavan must be coming to emphasize Shmamina that we learn from here, but Khamin also but Mutar that it's also to bath in hot water but not but in cold water would be permitted. Again, why did the Mishnah have to re-emphasize and we lock the bathhouses? Just leave it. Just say we you're not allowed to bath. So by the fact that it emphasizes the locking, you're not allowed to bath. Let's bring a proof for Abhizda. And now this is a proof. Remember, there are two parts of Rav Chizda. This way, the sugya gets a bit tricky because you have to work out which part of Rav Chizda's statement are we going on. The first point of Rav Chizda's statement was regarding a mourner, that he's not allowed to go in hot or cold water. And the second part of the statement was a tanis tibur, that he's allowed to go in cold water, 
but he's not allowed to go in hot water. So this is regarding the statement to do with mourning. So he says, All those who are obligated to go to mikveh, for example, a woman after who was a nida or who gave birth to a child, are allowed to go to mikveh reg, as usual on Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur. Then now, B'may, what are we referring to? Um, B'may, sorry, so, we, yeah, what, uh, what are we referring to? He says, maybe we're saying they can even go to mikveh in hot water. He says, how could they go to mikveh in hot water? Because then it's drawn water. How do you get hot water? You take it in a pot and you boil it. So if you're doing that with mikveh water, you're pouring it back into the mikveh. But we know you're not allowed to have drawn water for the mikveh. It has to fall from the rain and gather from the rain. It can't be gathered in a pot and then poured into the mikveh. This is and it must be referring to cold water. It seems to imply that specifically these people who have an obligation can go into cold water, but other people cannot. Hi, this is a good proof for Rav Chizda. Again, only people who have an obligation can go in. Again, we can't be discussing hot water because we're discussing mikvahs, which are all cold water. Therefore, it must be saying that uh, in cold water, people who have a mitzvah can go, but other people can't. So, says, no, we could be discussing chamei tveria. And what's the story worth um, chamei tveria? That they were hot springs. So what it could be telling us that they can go in hot springs, they can go for mikvah, but they can't go in. But regular people can't go in hot water, but maybe cold water would be permitted. So Gemara says, I'm a safer, but wait, then we can bring a proof for Abchista from the safe. He says, Rabbi Hanina, the Skana Kohanim says, says it's appropriate to lose one mikvah for the to mourn the house of Hashem. He says, Yeah, you're right. Maybe you want to tell me that you can go to mikvah on Tisha B'Av. It's a worth. It's uh, appropriate to not go to mikvah to mourn the Beis Hamidash. And if you want to tell us that you can go to mikvah, you can bath in cold water. Well, then why would Rebbe Eli? Um, why is Rebbe Hanina saying that you lose out on a mikvah? Just don't go in a hot spring. Go in a cold water. So, so when Rebbe Hanina comes along and says it's worthwhile losing out on the mikvah, it must be even on cold water. So Omar of Popov, no, but Asher Delo sorry name. No, that price could be discussing a place where cold water is uh, uh, is not, there, there isn't cold water available. It's a place where there are hot springs, and that's what everyone uses, and they know swimming pools, they know cold mikvahs. And that's what it's talking about. So in general, you're right. It is limited to hot water, and cold water would be permitted. So it seems Rav Chizda still stands. It says, Toshma, come in here. Yeah, just before we go further, just an interesting point um, that Tosos bring at the beginning of Rav Chizda. He says that anything that is because of enjoyment on a each for example, a Tanis Tzibur, you can go in 
cold water, but you can't go in hot water. So Tosfos point out, it's the third Tosfos on the page, it says, now that we don't have any communal fasts in Babel, except for Tishabav, remember we mentioned communal fasts equal that, that high level of a fast, which is 24 hours and all these, a full, a full 24 hour day and all these other restrictions. So the only one we have is Tishabav. So if that's the case, it says, Mutor and Afilu Bachamin, Afilu Yudzain, Batamuz, Gedalia, you would even, you would be allowed to go in hot water even on the 17th of Tammuz or Tzom Gedalia. Because those aren't real fast days. It's only real Tare Sibur that it's Osur. But where it's just one of these fasts. And he says, just the interesting, the last line, this is came past like Ravia. That's how the Ravia, Rav, I uh, forgot his name, but the Ravia was a great, I don't know much about him, but he was an early, a great Ashkenazi poise, quite early on, quite authoritative. So he says that, yo, on our regular fast days, you can, so you can shower on a regular fast day, you can have a hot shower, you can have a hot bath. It says the Rebbe Yoel Aviv, however, his father, Rebbe uh, Rabbeinu Yoel, also Lirchot Bechamim says, no, on those, even, you're not allowed to go in hot water. Um, so it's just interesting. We have a son and a father arguing with our fast nowadays. Not some gedalia, All these fasts are you allowed to go have a hot shower, but you have to wait for the fast to be over. Um, and it seems that Tzmachlok has Ravia and his father Rabbeinu Yoel. Ravia says you can. Rabbeinu Yoel says you can't. I think Minadin you can. I think we do Paskin you can, but we try not to. There might there might be a Minag not to, but I think. Um, we try not to, but again, mean, I didn't you can. So that's just the interesting thing. One, these whole restrictions are specifically to Avelus, Tishabav, and Atanis Tibur, and we don't really have Tanis Tibur. Okay, sorry, carrying back to where we were, um, about halfway down, Toshma coming here. This is a price of land when they said that you're not allowed to do melacha on these communal fasts, that's specifically during the day, but at night you could. When they said you're not allowed to wear shoes, that's specifically in the city, but when you're walking on the, on the path, on the roads, then it would be permitted. When you're walking out on the highways, then you take your, put your shoes on, and when you get to the city, remove them. And when the Mishnah said you're not allowed to wash yourself, you are allowed that specifically your whole body. I going into a pool, going into a mikvah, going into a bath. But just washing selected parts of your body, mutar that would be permitted. And then the price says, and it's the same halacha with a menuda or an oval. Aye, so now we're going to focus on this last point. The last point says, you're not allowed to wash your whole body, but you can wash part of your body. And it's the same halacha with someone in Cherem or, or a mourner. It says, someone excommunicated or, an, or, or a mourner. It says, my love, Akula, this line must be going on all of them, I including Rechitza. Because remember, we've mentioned three halachas. A melacha, wearing shoes, and washing. So this line that says it's the same with the oval must be all of them. It says, Uvamai. And what are we referring to? Elay Mabachamin, let's suggest we're referring to hot water. Pon of Yorav Are you really allowed to 
Could you be allowed to wash your hands, face and feet in hot water? An oval is not even allowed to dip his finger in hot water. So, so it can't be saying that you're allowed to dip your hands in, you're allowed to wash your hands in hot water and boil and says, because an, on, an oval is clearly not allowed to say, but and it must be Tsoinen. And what do we see? So you're not even allowed to bath in cold water or go into the pool or go into mikveh in cold water on a fast day. And that would be a... a Rejection of Rav Christus, the Gemara says, no, not necessarily. We're actually talking about Chamin. And this that you asked. Um, that it's the same halacha with someone in excommunicated and a mourner. That's going on the other two halachas. What the other two? So again, we've divided with this price that brought three halachas. Melacha and... You're not allowed to do malacha, you're not allowed to wear shoes, and you're not allowed to wash. And then it brought it, and it's the same with a oval, manuda and an oval. And we said the first two is the same as manuda and an oval, but some regarding bathing, that would be a different discussion. Okay, fine, let's try again. Toshma coming here. The Omer Rabbi Abba Akoin, Mishum Rabbi Yosi Akoin. Rabbi Abba Akoin said in the name of Rabbi Yosi Akoin. Masa Umaisu Bonam Shal Rabbi Yosi Ben Rabbi Chanina. The sons of Rabbi Yosi Ben Rabbi Chanina died. Merochatz Betsoinein, and he washed himself in cold water. Kol Shiva, all the days of mourning. So what do we see? Even a mourner is allowed to wash in cold water. Unlike Rav Chizda asserted that a mourner is not allowed to go in hot or cold water. He says, no, awesome. he says, no, that's where his availus was doubled. I Very sadly, his one son died. And then before he finished Shiva, his second son died. So his availus was doubled. As we're going to see in a Bryce where the availus is doubled, they, the second set is more lenient. Says the Tanya, as we learned in Abraisa, Tochvu Avelov, Ze Acharze. If his mourning gets doubled one straight off the, one after the other, Hichbit Sa'aro make up a tire if he wants, he can cut his hair with the blade. He can wash his clothes with water. And Omar of Chizda, of Chizda clarified, but Tara Velobim is Baraim, he's allowed to use a blade but not scissors. But my Velobinesa Velobah. Chol, he's not allowed to, he's allowed to wash his clothes in water, but not with washing detergents, etc. But what do we see here? That there's this leniency. It seems that you're still not allowed to do it in the usual way. So you, a mourner who's doubled, his mourning is doubled up. I mean, we, interestingly, mourners don't cut their hair for 30 days, if I remember correctly. Is that um, at least 30 days? But here, but they, it seems they only, this opinion is according to the opinion that it's only seven days. But either way, um, if it's doubled up, then he can go more lenient as long as he does it with a, in the irregular manner. He's allowed to um, cut his hair and wash his clothes. And we would say the same thing with wa- wa- washing in cold water. Since his availus is doubled, he can le- go lenient and wash in cold water. Okay, so that's Rav Chizda's approach. And that's Rav Chizda's opinion. Again, that if it's because of Avelus like Tisha B'Av and an Ovel, it's forbidden both in hot and cold. If it's because of fasting, then it's a communal fast day. Then specifically in hot waters, also but cold water would be Mutar. Omar Rav, Rav has a different opinion. He says, Ovel Mutar Lirchotz Betsoinein, called Shiva Midi Dahave Abis 
He says, no, a mourner can wash in cold water all seven days, similar to meat and wine. I, just as an ovel is allowed to have nice, enjoyable food, the ovel is also allowed to have, to bath in cold water. Um, Rob has a different way. According to Rav Chizda, we compared bathing for an ovel. We contrasted it. Um, yeah, we contrasted it with what's the, is it because of mourning or is it because of uh, pleasure? Whereas Rob is coming along and he's making a different comparison. He's saying, well, we see that an ovel is actually allowed to, in a way, have pleasurable things like meat and wine. And therefore, he should also be allowed to bath in at least cold water. Whereas if it's because of a fast or something, then it might be stricter. Says Macy Bay, they challenge this. Top of Yud Gimel Amud Beis says, "Aina bogeres roshol and avales atzmon bimei ovel avel avia." A bogeres, generally say an adult daughter, but in the Gemaras, technically it's a girl over twelve and a half, is not allowed to make herself look. Um, Messy when her father's mourning, but a young girl who's not at the age of marriage, who's, who's still very young, is allowed to manavel herself, make herself look unpleasant in her father's mourning. Now, my love, how does she make herself look unpleasant, or how does she make herself, or a Bulgarian make herself look, pre, uh, look pretty? Must be she bars. Over my now, what does she bath in? If you want to tell me that it's talking about hot water, how could you say that the Bogaris is is allowed to bath in hot water? I she's not allowed to look ugly. I she is allowed to bath in hot water. He says, and Ovel is not allowed to dip his finger in hot water. I we see it's hot water is treated very strictly. And it's not necessary because if she needs to clean up, she can go in cold water. So it can't be that when we give this girl who's of marriageable age a special dispensation to not manavel herself, that must be that it specifically it can't be that we allow her to go in hot water. It must be only cold water. Whereas Rava said that, which implies that it's specifically this girl of marriageable age that we make a special dispensation and allow her to bath in cold water. But a regular person would not be allowed to bath in cold water, which is a contradiction on Rava who said an ovel is allowed to bath in cold water. So Gmoral says, no, it's not talking about bathing. It's talking about putting on makeup. There's and washing clothes. It says, and we can actually bring a proof for Rava. So, so that's no, it's not a kasher on Rava. But now we say, let's actually bring a proof to Rav. So again, we saw this before, but his sons died and he bathed throughout the Shiva. He says, no, there was a special dispensation. He says, it's where his Avelis was doubled one straight after the other. It's not that his sons died at the same time. It's that they died seven days apart. So he never got out of Avelos. Says the Tanya, as we learned in the Brisa, Tokfu Avelos Zeacharze Hichbitz Aro Mekal Betar Machbis Ksusa B'Mayim. If he's 
hair gets out of hand, he can cut it with a blade. And if he's, he can wash his clothes. And Rav Chizda pointed out that specifically in an unusual manner, you can't use scissors for a haircut, but you could use a blade. And you can't wash, you can wash with water, but you can't use detergents. But at the either way, we this could be a support for Rava that an uh, oval is allowed to wash in cold water. Sorry, this is no proof for Rava. We wa- oh, sorry, we thought it was a proof for Rava that Rabbi Yossi Barachanina did wash when he was an oval, but then we said no, it was a special dispensation for Rabbi Yossi Barachanina based on where Avelus is doubled. So we don't have a proof or a rejection for Rava. Then it says, Ikat Omri. Another slightly different version of Rovel, Omar Rovel, Ovel also beside in Kolshiv, and Ovel is not allowed to wash in cold water all seven days. Oh, the Gemara is my shtimey boss of yain. Why is it different from meat and wine? An Ovel's, an, a mourner's allowed to have meat and wine. And once he's allowed to have meat and wine, why can't he have the other advantages? Says my shtimey boss of yain, says Hosom lepachuche pachte huda ovid. No, because he's allowed to have meat and wine because it removes anxiety. But to wash in hot, in cold water doesn't help with his anxiety. He says, Now, oh, we can bring a support for Rava that you're not allowed to go in cold water. It says, a Bogeres, a girl of marriageable age, is not allowed to make herself maneuver, make herself unpleasant. Now, Bamai, what do we mean that she's not allowed to make herself unpleasant? It says, if you want to say with hot water that that's the bokeres is I she's allowed to wash in hot water, but a regular person is not allowed to wash in hot water. Rav Chizda said that a mourner is not allowed to even dip their finger in hot water. And as we explained before, shows how severe it is, and she can go in cold water if she needs to clean up. So it can't be saying that she's allowed to go. No one's, she's allowed to go in hot water, but no one else. It can't be. Elalab Betsoinen must be saying that she can go in cold water, but others can't, which is a support for Rava. Again, Rava, this version of Rava said a mourner is not allowed to go in cold water. It says, It's going on doing makeup. Rav Chizda says, Oh, we see from here. A mourner is not allowed to wash their clothes for all seven days of mourning. For over the Shiva period. Which, how does he see that? Because we see only this girl of marriageable age is allowed to do these things that improve her appearance. She's allowed to put on makeup, she's allowed to wash her clothes, and she's allowed to bath in cold water. However, a regular person will not be allowed to do any of these things that um, improve their appearance, which would include washing clothes. Okay, um, just before we go into the halacha, there's a very interesting point over here um, that they bring. If you notice, right at the top of the page, we're discussing this this girl of marriage, and we've discussed it now again, this girl of marriageable age, she's not allowed to make herself uh, look unpleasant, um, harm her appearance, whereas a girl who's younger would obviously not be allowed to and would be required to mourn. But if you, the language of the Gomorrah, it's, I mean, it's, we've just done it recently, but it's the top line of the page, says, be may avalavia in the days of her father's mourning. A strict reading of the thing, it's not when she is mourning, it's when her father is mourning. And actually, they used to have a tradition that, I mean, they used to have a tradition that the father... Um, 
that when someone in the household was mourning, everyone else in the household was mourning. So if, for example, the father was keeping mourning for his parents, the grandchildren who stayed at home would also keep the mourning like their father for the grandparents. And it was, uh, I guess, a way to commiserate. But nowadays, the Ramor brings that you shouldn't do it. Um, the mourner is, waves his honor, waves this level of respect for him. And he says, I don't mind if my extended family don't mourn with me. So we don't do this. But very interesting that there was a concept of mourning with the mourner for those who stayed in his household. Okay, let's see. Behilchasa. What's the halacha? At the end of this discussion of, uh, uh, remember we've had three points under discussion. Tisha B'Av, a mourner, and Tanis Tzibur. A mourner is not allowed to wash himself at all, whether in hot or cold, or in cold water, called Shiva, the whole of the Shiva. But he can wash select limbs. I can wash his face, he can wash his hands, etc. in cold water, but not in hot water. To anoint himself would be Osur. However, but if it's to remove the, the sweat, the bad smell, then he would be allowed to. So uh, a mourner is not allowed to, whatever, put on creams, put on anointing oil, probably put on uh, pleasant fragrances. Uh, that, that's questionable, like where the aftershave falls into this category. But if it's to remove a bad smell, he could. So you can wear, so a mourner can put on deodorant because you're not putting on, again, if you're putting on the deodorant to smell nice, that could be a problem. But if you're putting on the deodorant just to not smell bad, to remove the bad smell, that would be fine. And um, the Ritva says here, um, so he says there are three levels. It says first is Tisha B'Av is the strictest. As we said, you can't even dip your finger in water. And that's because it's Avelus of Ami, the whole of B'nai Yisrael, is mourning for Yerushalayim. So that's why it's the strictest, and you can't even put your finger, you can't do anything with water. Then, the second level is an Ovel in Shiva. He can wash parts of his body in cold water. So he can wash his hands, um, he can wash his face, etc. And then the third level would be a Tanis Tzibur, where you can wash yourself completely in cold water. Again, not in hot water, but completely in cold water. Okay, Tzilusa Dasani Heichem Madkirinam. Where do we say the Tfila on a fast day? Where do you say Aneinu when davening on a fast day? So Ad Berei, Rav Yehuda, Rav Yitzchak Berei, Rav Yehuda Bar Yitzchak went for a walk with his son, Vidorash, and he told him the following um, Torah idea. Just uh, one thing I heard, he says, why does it mention that he went for a walk with his son and then they were talking in Torah? It's to emphasize, it's to give us Musa, that even when you're just going on a walk, when you're going with your family, take the opportunity to discuss Torah with them. So that's why it tells us that even while Rav Yehuda was going on a walk with his son, he, they were discussing Torah. What was it? it says, Even an individual accepts upon himself a fast, says the Tfilasaneinu. Where does he say it? Between the two brachas of Goel Yisrael and Rafa'enu Hashem. If you notice on a regular fast day, that's where we add it in. But he's saying, add it in, that's another bracha between the two. It says, what, an individual is going to come and add a whole extra bracha into the Amida? Can't be. It must be in Shomea Tefillah. And so too. 
Avshaisha says in Shomeyat Tefillah. Oh, what are they saying? Where does the individuals add in Anenu? In Shomeyat Tefillah. Mesivay, they challenged us. It's going to be quite a bit of... Um, the only difference between the Yochid and the Tzibur is the Yochid davens just the regular 18 brachas and he would insert Anenu in Shomea Tfila and the Tzibur would daven 19, would add in Anenu between Goel and thing. Just important to notice, we call the Amida the Shmona Esrei because they were initially 18 brachas instituted but later on they added in Vilamal Shinim, the 19th bracha. And therefore, when we say the 18 brachas, we mean the regular Amida, which is actually 19 brachas. And we say on a fast day, they would say 19 brachas, that means the regular Amida plus one, so it's actually 20. But just let's keep it with that. 18 means the regular one, and you add Anenu in Shomer Tfila. It's not a standalone bracha, it's just included in Shomer Tfila. And 19 means adding in Anenu as a standalone bracha between Rafa'inu, um, Goel, Goel, Goula, and Rafa'inu. So he says now, so the only difference between an com- individual and a community is the one Davin's 18 and the one Davin's 19. He says, My Yochidu, my Tzibur, what does it mean an individual and a community? Maybe you'll say that a yochid means literally an individual accepted upon himself a fast, and the community means the shliat sibur. Says Hanetayshu Esrin, Hanetayshayre, Esrin v'Abahavu. Says they're not nineteen. The shliat sibur on these fast days we're discussing says twenty-four brachas, not just nineteen. So Elalav Hachikomer. So must be saying Ain ben yochid the kabbal of tanis yochid the yochid she kabbal of tanis sibur. It must be saying the difference between an individual who accepts an individual fast. Or an individual who accepts a communal fast, a high-level fast. What's the difference? This one davens 18 brachas and this one davens 19 brachas. But what do we see? That an individual who is fasting, just a high-level fast, he does say Anenu as a separate bracha. We see, unlike Rav Sheshes and Rav Yitzchak, an individual can add in a special bracha. Moran says, law. Not necessarily. We actually say that it's... Literally, you know what? Actually, let's leave it. I was hoping to get a bit further, but let's leave it here. So just where we're holding in the sugi at the moment, we'll continue with it tomorrow, is we're trying to work out where do you say Anenu, and primarily an individual. Does he include it in Shomer Tfilah? Not a standard bracha, but almost a, a supplication as part of his Amida. Or does he say it as a separate bracha? And we'll continue tomorrow.